0: Welcome. You're listening to the RPC Sermons Podcast. You can join us for virtual worship every Sunday at roswellpress.org. Thanks for listening. Good morning. Welcome to Roswell Presbyterian Church. It is a joy to be in worship with you. We're so glad you're here. I want you to know there's a bunch of Holy Week and Easter events that are coming up. Um, You can always check that out on the church website at roswellpress.org. But I want to highlight one special one. On April 16th, we're going to gather outside the youth area and collect supplies together. We're going to package them to send them to our mission partners in Guatemala. It's going to make a big difference uh, to our folks in Guatemala. So if you have some free time on April 16th, invite you to, to come to that. And then the next day is Easter. And as you know at RPC, we have plenty of going on at Easter. If you want to do the sunrise service, if you want to do the family worship service, if you want to do in the traditional or the contemporary, whatever you want to do, we have it for you. Invite a friend, bring your family. Easter is going to be really special, special this year. Today we're going to continue our sermon series, Less is More. Right? There are some things in our life, busyness, media, consumerism, if we have less of them, we can be more of who God has created and called us to be. Last week, Carrie Weatherford gave a fantastic and really quite vulnerable sermon about fear and anxiety, and the Lord presented me with an opportunity to put it into, uh, into practice on Monday morning. I went out for my Monday uh, run about 6 a.m. About halfway through the, the run, I, I'm running on the street light. and guess what flies by? The owl. I mean, it is, and it comes through the light, so I, it's about 10 feet in front of me, and it just swoops by. And I was scared, but then I thought of what Carrie told me Jeff, don't give in to that toxic fear, cause you become a statue, stay right there. No, give in to that good fear, take off running. It's exactly I did. I'm still here and alive. They're still trying to catch. You know the Owl's been on the news. I mean, it's, it's just it's going global. Um, but anyway, we're, we're going to have more Owl content later. But anyway, I just wanted you to know that we were talking about living without fear and anxiety this week. Today we're going to talk about anger. We're going to look at the book of James. James chapter 1, verses 19 through 25. Let us open our hearts and our minds to the word of the Lord. James writes, You must understand this, my beloved. Let everyone be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. For your anger does not produce God's righteousness. Therefore, rid yourselves of all sordidness and rank growth of wickedness and welcome with meekness the implanted word that has the power to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not merely hearers who deceive themselves. For if any are hearers of the word and not doers, they are like those who look at themselves in a mirror. For they look at themselves and on going away immediately forget what they are like. But those who look into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and persevere, being not hearers who forget, but doers who act, they will be blessed in their doing. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious, loving God, we ask that in the next few moments you might be our teacher, that you might speak a word to our hearts that only you can speak. This is a relevant word, Lord, about anger. We all have to deal with it in our lives. And so I pray that we might become people of patience, people that might rest in you. Now may the words of my mouth and meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Put the baby down and walk away. At the hospital where my wife had our first child, they required us to take a birthing class. And this was the, from what I can tell, this is the only place in the entire process where someone considered if I was worthy to be a parent. That's one of the surprising things about becoming a parent. You don't need a license. All you had to do was attend three two-hour classes on consecutive Sundays, or consecutive Wednesdays. I learned a lot in those classes about birthing and baby care. I learned Braxton Hicks, not a basketball player. I learned that your wife may not be fully appreciative of your sense of humor in the delivery room. I learned that once you take the baby out of the hospital, that baby is completely dependent upon you to clothe, feed, clean. It's basically, oh, what an adorable, cute baby. Good luck and goodbye. In the class, I also discovered that they know me better than I know myself. (laughs) The teacher of the class said, at some point er, in the early months of taking care of your baby, you will be exhausted and tired. Your partner will be exhausted and tired. Your baby will be exhausted and tired. But rather than go to sleep... Your baby will insist on continuing to scream at the top of his lungs. And you will try to do everything that the books have told you to do. Everything your mom told you to do. Everything your friends told you to do. But nothing will work. Your baby will continue to scream in an ungodly volume. And as you're rocking that baby, extremely exhausted, extremely tired, trying to get it to stop crying, you may become irrational. Your entire personality may change. You may be filled with hateful rage at the beautiful baby screaming in your arms. And if you ever feel that happen, put the baby down in the crib and walk Away, told my wife, yeah, that'll never happen to me. Are there things in your life that make you irrationally angry? Is there anything that gets under your skin and just drives you mad? Maybe it's the person in the car who cuts you off in traffic. Maybe it's the referee in the UNC Duke game who seemed to give all the calls to the other team. Or maybe it's the person at work who's taking credit for all of your work. Or maybe it's your spouse who continues to leave his clothes on the bedroom floor. Or maybe it's that cute little baby screaming its face off at 3 a.m. Do I need to give more examples? In 2,000 years... While our circumstances may be different, human beings haven't changed much. Human beings get angry. In today's passage, James gives us practical advice that's as relevant to us today as it was to them back then. You must understand this, he writes, my beloved. Let everyone be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. For your anger does not produce God's Righteousness. When has anger ever helped or improved the situation? I got angry with my my spouse and I yelled at her. Everything got so much better. I got angry at that guy in traffic. I used some sign language that I'd learned, and everything was much better. I got angry at my team at work. I let them know how I really feel. Morale has totally improved. Everyone is thanking me for my fantastic angry leadership. When has anger ever improved a situation? Rarely, right? The truth isn't reserved just for Christianity. A few hundred years before Jesus, a Greek philosopher named Aristotle wrote this Anyone can become angry, that is easy. But to be angry with the right person and to the right degree and at the right time and for the right purpose and in the right way, that is not within everybody's power, and it's not easy. James agrees. Be slow to anger. It's okay to be angry as long as it's targeted at the right object, to the right degree, at the right time, for the right purpose, and in the right way. Aristotle takes a lot of the fun out of being angry, you know. James says, for your anger does not produce God's righteousness. Put the baby down and walk away. See, anger doesn't help us be who God has created and called us to be. Anger doesn't help relationships. It doesn't make difficult situations better. It doesn't make anything easier. often makes them worse. I was thinking about some of the great songs about anger. One of my favorites is uh, Don't Look Back in Anger by Oasis. You know this song? There's a deep irony to the song because the band is made up of the two Gallagher brothers. And they tell us don't look back in anger, but there are a few bands that have had more anger at the center of their relationship. They bicker, they get angry, and eventually they break up the band. I found this timeline on the internet of their angry spats back and forth on Twitter and in the the press, and I was going to read it to you, but it's not appropriate for church. (laughs) I'd be like, hey guys, follow your own advice. Don't look back in anger at each other. Just write hit songs. Anger can destroy families, can end friendships, can ruin romantic relationships. Listen to this one. There's this song that came out last year, And I can't stop listening to it. It's called All Your Exes, okay? And the song is written from the perspective perspective of a woman who's overcome with anger at her boyfriend because he's had girlfriends before. It's absurd. Now, listen to the chorus of All Your Exes by Julia Michaels. Listen to this. I can't make this up. I wanna live in a world where all your exes are dead. I want to kill all the memories that you save in your head. Be the only girl that's ever been in your bed. I want to live in a world where all your exes are dead. I don't know if this is how Julia really feels, but if so, I want to tell her boyfriend, run. Man, girl, you need some therapy. Come see me. We'll talk. Anger makes you look insane to other people. Have you ever been in a restaurant? Somebody gets the wrong order. And they get angry at the waitstaff and you're going, what? Chill out. Or have you seen those videos on people on airplanes that are just losing their minds over the past couple of years? You're like, chill out. Put the baby down and walk away. Why is anger so powerful? Anger makes us forget who we are. It, It like changes us. I recently came across this fascinating history of the word game, Mad Libs sold over 100 million copies. I don't know if you, some of you have played it, but the game has a short story where there are keywords removed in the blank spaces, and it'll say adjective, noun, verb that you have to insert. And the scribe will write them in, and then at the very end, the scribe will read the story. And it's often very funny and humorous because it ends up combining and juxtaposing words that we would never put together. Otherwise, it totally changes the feel and the tone of the story. And anger is like that. Anger is one of those words that totally changes a situation, changes the tone of a situation. The Greek word for anger is orge. It can mean anger, hate, wrath. Seneca called it anger, a brief insanity, he said. It has also connotations of ugliness, that anger makes you ugly. The root word goes back to choke or to squeeze, probably because when people get angry, their faces get red. Anger takes you out of yourself and makes you crazy. You forget who you are. James writes, For if any are hearers of the word and not doers, they are like those who look at themselves in a mirror. For they look at themselves and, on going away, immediately forget what they were like. People forget who they are when they become angry. They look at themselves in the mirror, walk away, and they forget who they are. That's what anger does to us. One of my favorite songs illustrating this phenomenon is Johnny Cash's A Boy Named Sue. The song tells the story of a father who names his son Sue. And then he abandons his wife and his son. And because he's named Sue, the young boy experiences extreme bullying and harassment as he grows up. And because of this, he's, he has a lot of animosity built up towards his father. He goes on a search looking for him. He wants to kill his father. He ends up running into his dad in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. And they duke it out. They have a fight, and his dad puts up quite a fight. And at the very end of the fight, he explains to his son, Sue, why he named him that. He said, I needed you to be tough because I wasn't going to be around, son. And I knew you'd have to be strong and tough. And as they talk, Sue is reconciled to his dad. Now, the song was written, I don't know if you knew this, by Shel Silverstein. And when Johnny Cash would perform it, his most famous ending, he would end it like this. He would say, and if I ever have a son, I think I'm going to name him Bill or George, anything but Sue. I hate that name. But sometimes Johnny would rewrite the lyrics. And he would end it like this. He would say, if I ever have a son... I think I'm going to name him after you. If I ever have a son, I'm going to name him after you, Dad. And Johnny used it to show the reconciliation once you put anger away. Sure, it's funny, but he's getting to a heart, the heart of a human truth. We know that when we put anger aside, we can be reconciled to one another. Put the baby down. Walk away. Because if you don't learn to put the baby down, your anger will enslave you. Notice what James writes. But those who look into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and persevere, being not hearers who forget, but doers who act, they will be blessed in their doing. James says if we remember who we are in our reflection of Christ and do what Christ calls us to do, we will find liberty. We will find freedom. James says we will be blessed in our doing." He's saying there's an in- inherent blessedness or goodness to being free from anger. Probably the best example would be give the opposite. So one of the best books I read during the pandemic was Wright Thompson's Cost of These D- Dreams, Sports Stories and Other Serious Business. Now, Wright is a senior writer for ESPN. He, I, I think he's a national treasure. He gets the title for his book, Cost of These Dreams, is from a drive-by trucker song from Athens. So he's hitting all the right notes for me. And the unifying theme of the book is this, the cost of the dream. And he says, the tools required to gain greatness often prevent someone from enjoying it. Okay, listen to this. The tools required to gain greatness often prevent someone from enjoying it. First chapter, who's it about? Michael Jordan. Greatest basketball player who ever lived. And Michael Jordan was famously good at taking small slights and turning them into enormous grudges so he wanted to beat and defeat an opponent he would do anything at all costs he would get so angry and if you le- read his biographies the word anger shows up again and again he gets so angry at his opponent the question is what do you do with all that anger once you're done playing basketball see the anger prevents you helps you get greatness but it prevents you from enjoying the greatness in his Hall of Fame induction speech, it's kind of famous, Jordan gets up, and he goes through and basically he organizes his entire speech around people who have slighted him in his past. His high school coach, his college coach, he even goes after his dad who he thought his dad preferred his older brother rather than him. His anger prevents him from enjoying his greatness, and that's the cost of these dreams. Wright's book goes on to detail other folks. Ted Williams, Urban Meyer, Tiger Woods, Muhammad Ali. He could have added Steve Jobs and Howard Hughes. Anger will prevent you from living and being and enjoying the freedom Christ has called you to. When our son was one month old, he was just this cute, cute little baby. I had the night shift. He was getting fussy, so I changed his diaper. I put him in new pajamas, and he only got worse. So I made a bottle and fed him. Inexplicably, his cry turned to a scream. I I burped him. Still, he screamed. I stood up and began to rock him. I even was like so polite. I said, could you please stop screaming? Then he launched into a blood-curdling scream. At 3 a.m., I was on my last nerve. I was so frustrated. The word frustrated doesn't do it justice. Angry. Rageful. Hate-filled. That baby got me in touch with an emotion I had rarely felt. I was losing my grip on sanity. And then I heard the Lord say, put the baby down and walk away. Friends, I got to be honest, I thank God. I had the, the will, the courage to put the baby down and walk away. Don't let anger get the best of you. Before you send that angry email, put the email down, and walk away. Before you slap a comedian on national television, put your hand down, walk away away if your kids have you on your last nerve put the baby down and walk away whenever you feel that destructive feeling of anger seeping into your soul put the baby down and walk away this will help you live a more full and flourishing life less anger will lead to more of life let's pray Gracious and loving God, we pray that we might be people with less anger in our lives. Lord, that we might be people of patience, that we might reflect your light and your love in the world, that we might step into that freedom where there is blessing, there is happiness in the doing. In your name we pray. Amen. You've been listening to the RPC Sermons Podcast. Please let us know you're here by visiting roswellpress.org and signing our digital friendship register. May the grace and love of God be with you today and throughout the rest of your week. Thanks for listening.